Hey, Tommy from the Run Testers, and welcome to the first Run Testers monthly podcast. Now, we decided to launch this podcast series because if you're watching this video or you're listening to it as a podcast, you're probably a runner. And we want to create something that you could listen to while you're out running. So, this is going to be a summary of all of the different things we've been testing, as well as other things as well that we've been up to over the past month that you might like to find out about whilst you're out and about clocking up the miles. It's not just going to be about the latest kit though, we're going to have interviews with athletes and experts in the world of running. We're going to also answer some of the questions that you guys have set us either via YouTube or Instagram and we're basically just going to talk about running for an hour. So uh, if you're interested in that and you want to find more about all the different things happening in the world of running, this might be the podcast for you. This first episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Sports Shoes. Now, if you're a runner, you probably already know about Sports Shoes, but they offer a massive range of products from the latest things that have been released to some older versions that are well worth picking up if you can get them for a deal. You can also get a discount of 10% if you use the code TESTERS10. So head over to the Sports Shoes website and check out what they've got on offer and grab that discount straight away. Right, let's jump in and do the first podcast. Hope you enjoy. So guys, the first Run Testers podcast. Excited? Very excited. Hell yeah. Very, very excited. Bring it on. Bring the questions on, Tom. Bring it all on. You sound a little bit sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, we're, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this on the run now. They're, they maybe started their run, so you know, keep them, keep them motivated. Let's let's get let's get poppy. Let's get excited. But let's start by just running through a few of the things that have been happening in the world of running over the past month. Plenty of things going on, especially to do with kit. Probably the first thing that we should mention is we have a new Runchester. Yeah, uh, Jill. Yeah. Uh, you may anybody listening to this who or watching the video because this is also going to be on video as well may have seen the essentials video that that we did or the monthly roundup video that we did where Jill pops up with no introduction. <laughs> um, so Nick, you know Jill best. Do you want to talk? Just tell us a little bit about who Jill is. She's a very good runner, apparently. Jill, yeah, Jill is Jill Bland, Bland on the Run on Instagram. Probably started running because that's such a good username. Jill is now the <laughs> fastest run tester, I believe. She's a very, very quick woman who runs consistent sub-free marathons, works with the same coach as me. So it'll be great to have another speedy person I can talk to instead of, you know, you slow coaches. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, and it'd be really nice for us not to have to talk to you uh, about about running fast. Me, me and Mike can have a nice chat together about uh, just enjoying running <laughs> and, and trying to beat each other. Yeah, so expect plenty more from Jill over the the coming weeks. I think there's plenty of videos that she's she's currently um, testing shoes for. So uh, yeah, keep keep an eye out for Jill and send her send us a message on on the channel as well to to uh, to welcome Jill to the team. Okay, so right, let's let's just just jump into a nice little chat about <laughs> what we're all training for. Everyone wants to know about what we're training for. People are out running now, desperate to find out how we're doing with training. Let's start with Nick, get him out of the way. You know, <laughs> Boring. He's the one that's Boring. got the proper training. <laughs> how long have you got? Uh, Nick, how's your training going? It's good. I'm into my second or third full week of Berlin Marathon training. Um, it's been a bit different to past marathons. Mileage has stepped up quite quickly this week. Got my first, I've got 22 miles this Sunday and 
did sounds a lot of pacey runs last week but yeah it's been going really well mileage has been creeping up nicely i was away for the asokani launch last week and if i travel and basically my routine changes at all uh my running goes out the window immediately i'm very very um on the edge all the time so that was a bit tough but other than that yeah going going very well big miles lots of shoe testing how about you guys yeah you um you have been slightly unnerved this week because uh, your training has upped quite a bit hasn't it from your coach yeah normally i hover coming around 80k a week i don't do massive miles we've gone up to 110 last week um and it'll be similar again this week and it's you know it's still not huge, huge. i know lots of people do a lot more than that but um uh, i i tend to do it in single i don't do double days really so getting it all done in singles is sometimes a bit tough but it's been really fun i've mm. loved every minute so far i love marathon training it's good to be away from all the short stuff i was doing which i'm not very good at <laughs> and, and what are you training for berlin marathon Berlin Marathon, okay. Right. Have you done that before? No, I haven't done it before. It's actually very fast. I'm going to do Berlin Marathon and London Marathon as a back-to-back this year, but I will not be running London hard. I might actually um, be running with another run tester, hopefully. Me and Jill might run together. Very exciting. <laughs> Maybe one day me and Mike will run with you. <laughs> yeah, different starts. Three-legged you know. race or something. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to happen. Uh, Mike, Never gonna happen. you and me are training for the same thing. What? How's your training going? I don't think we are. I'm training for Operation Beat Tom at a marathon. I don't think we are. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, it might happen one day, mate. <laughs> um, I, well, if, you, if you take the right route. <laughs> oh, oh, too soon. Uncalled for, uncalled for. Still raw, it's still raw. I, yeah, I'm training for Chicago Marathon like Tom. Um, I, it'll be my first US marathon that I've run. I'm about week two of training it as well. And I've had a little bit of an eagle, but ultimately training is kind of up and running, basically, which has been good. I'm absolutely nailing my nutrition as always. I just I've just been eating chicken nuggets before this podcast, so that's not even real that's chicken nuggets. <laughs> not, even real, not even real ones. But yeah, I mean, I I think ultimately I want to go quicker than I did in Brighton, which was three twenty four. If I can not a decent amount of time off that, I'll be very happy indeed. And actually, just looking forward to going and doing an American marathon to be honest i'm looking forward to being mm. in chicago and um despite them being in a ridiculous situation and making stupid laws but uh <laughs> yeah i'm looking yeah i'm looking forward to chicago and yeah hopefully i can knock off a decent chunk of time off brighton from this earlier this year so well from the outside yeah. looking well, you, in you were up for at you two faster sorry. than that when we did bill bow uh, yeah. we, we all went out to do bill bow and you were pretty much on for about 314 so you, yeah. you can definitely do better for that but in terms of the grudge match, it's Tom who's, uh, who's put the biggest strides in. He's, he's shed about 12 stone, as far as I can tell. <laughs> and he's been training, got a proper plan, training 70k a week. Pressure's on, Mike. Yeah, I know. Looking better than me yeah. in the vest. Well, Looking you know, better I'm, than I'm, me in the I'm... vest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'm training for Chicago as well, obviously. But for me, I, I'm a little bit more focused on it because I'm, I'm sort of, I quite like to get a sub three in it that's that's kind of my aim for chicago i think when we did bill bow i'd i'd been i've been injured for about six months i hadn't really trained properly wasn't really focused on my diet or anything like that we did bill bow and i was just pretty surprised to get a 312 in it so mm. now my mind is in the place where i'm thinking well if i can do that by eating mcdonald's quite frequently <laughs> and drinking a lot of beer what what what'll happen if i actually do some training and um actually use a training plan so yeah i've been uh using the Hal Higdon training app to do my training over the past week. And yeah, massively bumped up my training to almost 70K, I think I'm at now, 65K. So yeah, I've quite focused on that. And I really want to get that sub three hours so I can get into Boston as well to tick that one off the box. 
not that bothered about doing Boston, but it's, it's a nice <laughs> focus to have, isn't it? For I reckon you're going to go slower, training. Tom, to be honest. I think it was the McDonald's <laughs> and the boozing that really um, brought you on. Well, I'll tell you what, the wrong plan. <laughs> if I go slower, I'm just going to go straight back to boozing every day. <laughs> every, McDonald's every day and then really push that training <laughs> hard. Cool. Okay, so yeah, we've all got training on 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 the uh, on the cards. We should probably mention now that Kieran is absent from this podcast with for a very good reason that uh, he's currently running uh, a river somewhere. Yeah, well, it's a, a little river he's he's running past uh, the Danube. That's it. <laughs> Seven. What's it? Something like one one thousand two thousand se- two thousand two thousand miles. miles over seventy days. So. He's got a good excuse for not being on the podcast well, today. He's got internet. Um, he's got internet, Tom. So. Oh, actually, that's very true. That's very true. Well, yeah. it'll be a rotating um, cast on this podcast anyway, won't it? With a few of the others as well, hopefully. So, yeah, won't just so, be us boring yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, every every time you tune into this podcast, there's going to be different people on it um, talking about different things to keep it a bit more interesting because the last thing you want to hear is uh, Nick talking about his training plan. <laughs> we get sick of it, uh, and I'm sure you will as now well. Now you've got one. That's um, all you talk about. i've only been doing it for a week i'll get bored of it soon okay cool so training sounds good for everyone what other things have happened this month we've had the very big launch actually the alpha fly 2 as it was launched in in june yeah let's we won't go too much depth now because there's another section coming up later where we actually talk a bit more in depth about uh the kit that we've been testing and and the sort of videos that we've been covering but very exciting news and it's pretty much everywhere across social media people banging on about the alpha i haven't got it so i'm just annoyed i've i've, um, I've really enjoyed people showing their boxes of their alpha fly too I've really enjoyed a lot of it. people a lot of people unboxing those 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 boxes very Mike very just, Mike just livid because he bought some alpha fly ones that's true as well he's been seething about that one so yeah the alpha fly 2 big launch for june which we'll talk about a little bit more in the gear section of this video interesting news that's happened as well um not only interesting for certain people but uh man versus horse you're both aware of man versus horse aren't you i am yeah Yeah. Uh, this year was the first year that uh, a man won the race after i think 15 years i've got my notes down here yeah yeah first time in 15 years that a man has won the event and it was uh, ricky lightfoot who beat the horse lane house boy uh, ridden by Kim Alman, two minutes and one second behind. What shoes? Any views on? Sorry, <laughs> what shoes were they wearing? Yeah, it's trailing. I don't... <laughs> what the, the the man or the horse? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 what, any view? Have you ever thought about doing that race? Uh, I got invited to do it once, um, but I, it was uh, it was for an unnamed, uh, let's say, call it a nut butter company, and I had to oh, yes, extensively. I, I got invited. Yeah, well. to extensively mention the nut butter during my articles around it. Well, I can't do that because it's, it's it's largely irrelevant. Um, but um, <laughs> I have met Ricky Lightfoot actually. He's a he's a very nice guy. A couple of times, very good uh, fell runner up in the Lake District. But my main view on this is that I don't. If anything, should we celebrate the guy or should we really be damning the horse uh, because they're the one who slipped up it? That's fifteen years. Is there horse use? The horse hasn't been trained. <laughs> what training method? What train method is the horse using? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, interv- intervals probably. <laughs> is there a is there a horse podcast somewhere where they're slagging this horse off and not talking about Ricky Light? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm actually going to have a look for that in a bit. Um have you, have you so uh, what what are your views on man does it mean anything man versus horse? Is it just I don't know if the know, horse changes its time each year or how much or I always feel I worry that one year the horse is going to like trip over or something we're all going to be like oh no uh, but um, yeah yeah it, it seems very much tilted in the horse's favour because you know yeah. Ricky is a very good athlete 
but I don't know if there's, there's normally that standard in there or not. Oh, I always, it always seems a bit unfair to me that it's a course that people run and it, the thing that people care about is beating the horse, not your time. So if the horse was really slow, you could do a slow time and you still beat the horse. Yeah, it's true. And you still walk around saying you beat a horse, but <laughs> just the horse has a bad day. I have raced a train um, in a race in, a, in Wales. <laughs> oh, I've always wanted train. to do that race. Absolutely brilliant race. Incredibly muddy, like apocalyptically muddy. I, I did beat the thing. The train, the train's very consistent, unlike a horse. So you know what you have to, you, you can pace to beat the train. But your problem is, yeah, you suddenly half through the race, you're on this deep cambered mud, and it suddenly becomes a bit of a nightmare. But um, haven't raced any animals as yet. Could race Taz, my cat, very slow, famously. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you can have a problem against Taz. <laughs> Unless Taz is really holding it back and put, put her to the test, and she's actually ridiculously fast. She's saving the energy for the past few she's years. She's saving it for like four years now. It'd be, it'd be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Lightfoot, though, great example of nominative determinism. That's as good a name for a runner as you can have, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a change it by Depol. <laughs> cool. All right, then let's let's just have a little bit of a a break in between uh, news at the moment just to add in a little running fact oh, I love these uh, I'm going to pepper these in amongst the podcast there's a lot of people listening on their run now they're probably getting bored of our voices talking about these things so you just need to break it up a little bit so running fact for you now the treadmill was originally designed for English uh, prisoners as a tool for punishment I should also point out that these facts are not verified in any way whatsoever. I've just been on the web looking for running facts, and there are a lot of them, and some of them are quite uh, tenuous. That one but, is uh, uh, that one's real. My editor at a magazine I used to work for was very keen on it. We put it in the magazine at least twice. Wow. Yeah. So there you go, people listening to this. If you're on a treadmill, maybe get off it and uh, go outdoors. It's a method of torture. All right, there's an- another one of those in a bit. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. My worry is that, that fact. people are going to hear the fact and just start sprinting for a mile. They're going to be so revved up and we're going to ruin their run. <laughs> they are exciting, aren't they, these, these facts? Okay, so other things happening. Love Trails is going on this weekend. Uh, me and Mike have been to Love Trails. We have. Um, we have. Had a great time, actually. Did you yeah, a beer mile there or something? We did do we the did beer mile. We did do a beer mile. I think you can see uh, video evidence of that there is on, evidence. on YouTube from the, the running channel. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't our finest moment. In fact, I, it was pretty fine for me, actually. Well, you were uh, massively hungover, weren't you? <laughs> I was massively hungover. I was desperate for a beer. You're all, you're all make, making me do this run. And uh, I enjoyed the beer. I actually made the run easier. But everyone else was moaning that they, oh, I don't want to drink a beer and run a mile. I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. don't want to run the mile. I just want to drink the beer. But that's going on this weekend. I think it's the first proper one they've had in a couple of years, obviously, because of COVID. So it's, it sounds like it's going to be pretty big. I, I even know uh, people that are going straight from Glastonbury and uh, wow. that's their next their next, uh, their next next plan. So, yeah, a bit of a mix of uh, events there. Where is that? But, is that down uh, in the well, Gower this year? That's in the Gower, yeah. Yes, it's back at the Gower, yeah. My, uh, yeah. my absolute favourite run that I think I did in the last few years was long run in the Gower outrageously good looking place mm. was that a, a road run or a uh, along the coastal trail, trail there but it's a fair bit of actually road to I, know I had to do road back to get back to my uh, where I was staying obviously but yeah other than that yeah it was along mm. the cliffs around Rossilly and so on yeah lovely place yeah me and, me and, me and Mike did a uh, we did about 20 22k run something like that Finished, I think we were on the got to the beach didn't we it was, it was, yeah. it was pretty well nice. I got lost didn't I so <laughs> I, I didn't see you for a couple of hours <laughs> Um, I was there with my um, some of my family in Welsh, and they're going, "Oh, it's just so busy, so busy there." And you know, I come from London, and I was like, "Oh God, how busy is this going to be?" It's, it's not busy. It's, it's, uh, it's busy for Wales, <laughs> but it's not busy really. <laughs> yeah, eight eight people walking down the street. Cool. So more products on the, uh, that we'll chat about a little bit later. They've, we've had the release of the Speed Three and the 
Sokani uh, Adolphin Pro 3. Uh, we've only got the Speed 3 so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys haven't got the, the Pro, have you yet? Not no. yet. Coming soon. It's coming coming yeah. very soon. But yeah, we do... Um, well, Nick's got the, the um, Speed 3 at the moment, so he's been testing that out. You can actually see a first run on the, the website about the, the Speed 3. Nick, I'm going to hold you off now uh, instead of talking about it because we're going to talk about that later. I know you get excited <laughs> to tell up. people about the Speed 3. <laughs> Revved up, but you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. So yeah, that's. I think that's a pretty good... Anything else happening in, in the running world at the moment that, that we know about or care about? Uh, lots of trials, British and American trials, the Olympics, mm-hmm. but... Um... Yeah, they've been quite exciting. I've enjoyed them. <laughs> cool. Well, there you go. That's that's our roundup of the world of running for June. Right then, guys, let's get to kit. Now, this section is different gear. Viewers of the YouTube channel will know that we do occasionally do different gear. We did a few episodes of different gear last year and uh, one with on earlier on this year. We're going to add this into the podcast as a section where each month, we do a roundup of the kit that we've tested uh, and just talk about how good it is, what we thought about it. Um, the majority of the stuff that we talk about here, you're probably going to find on the YouTube channel. So we'll be having plenty of reviews and first runs and verses about these products. But this is a bit of a simple roundup where you can get a, a taster of our testing that we've been doing over the past past month. So uh, the big one that I know you're going to talk about, Nick, is the Alpha Fly 2. <laughs> Here it How is. we found this shoe? Well, I'm, I've been loving it. I'm not going to lie. It's been, uh, it's you know, it's crazy, crazy looking, crazy expensive, that's for sure. But um, it's a pretty fantastic shoe. Uh, it's remarkably quick, given the size, and it doesn't feel as big or anything like that on the foot. When you're running in a good straight line on good roads, it's pretty hard to beat. Like Since the review, I did a five-mile race in it, which obviously isn't its big distance, but... I kind, of, I kind of did the race and I was pleased and we got like a team med and I didn't really think about the time really properly until afterwards and I looked at it and I realised yeah I like it I was um, the day after a session basically we were training through the race and it was on tired legs I'd already done about 80k for the week I think and um, uh, what did we do? And, I, and I ran like my my fastest ever five miles actually interestingly quite a lot quicker than I ran the streak fly on a flat course two months earlier when fresh which is a big blow for the streak fly in my opinion <laughs> and yeah it was on like 10k PB pace so yeah it's it's pretty incredible like, i think it's a great shoe i think it's really interesting it probably suits different runners like the first one did a bit because it is so big but you feel semi-invincible when you put it on it's just so big and bouncy and um so far it's certainly top of my list for the berlin marathon later this year problem is like it's it's quite a hard shoe as we might do i think we discussed this later of a question potentially but it's quite a hard shoe to find a good training partner shoe for because it does feel quite different to a lot of things and i still worry about how i'll feel late in races with it even though i've done a good marathon in the alpha Flow one my marathon pb but um yeah it's um it is quite unusual for sure so trying to get a lot of miles in it without wrecking it for the race is my aim basically this summer <laughs> Mm. Yeah, uh, well, it definitely seems to be uh, turning a few heads at the moment. Kieran was very impressed with it when he did a, a run in it um, a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Um, and equally, I'm seeing lots of people who have picked it up online raving about it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Mike's probably sat there thinking, oh, I wonder what the first one's like. <laughs> <laughs> barely used it. Well, I'll, I'll be interested Which to see what happens with the Alpha because um, when they when the first one launched, loads of hype, everyone's very excited, everyone raved about it, but then people just turned against it slightly over the next like 18 months because it is so big and weird, I think. And they're like, oh, actually, I prefer like mm. the idea that the Vaporflies are stripped back, traditional shoe, and obviously that's still also a, you know, a huge monstrosity of a shoe in its own way. But I wonder if people will start turning against it again in time. Whereas I will say, I stay true to the original Alpha Flight. It's always been a favourite. But yeah, people, some people just still don't love the feeling of running in it okay and your your first view on the alpha vi one versus the two is it worth getting the two 
So I, I said in our video, and I still I still would say this: it's two hundred and seventy-five what quid the Afly Two. Hard to get. Um, not many colours. I would if I was buying now, I'd be picking up a deal on the Afly One, and there are a lot of them around. It, I think the new one is slightly better, but it's also slightly heavier. So. You know, I think it is an improvement overall. I think it's a slightly faster shoe all round, probably. But I'd get, I'd get the one for now for sure. And if you've already got the one, I wouldn't be rushing out and buying it straight away. So it's, you know, no, sh- it's a good shoe. No shoe is good value at that price, is it? Really, that's the problem. So yeah. glad you said yeah, that. Nice. So glad you said that, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> what I wouldn't do is well, buy the Alpha One just before the two came out. The deal wouldn't be as good. <laughs> when you already had a load of carbon plate shoes, you need to test instead of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a mad choice. Um, well, let's. Well, we're talking about calm plate shoes. There's a lot of them out at the moment. Mike, you've you've been testing a few as well. Yes. Yeah, what, so what's going on with calm plate shoes at the moment? There's they just seem to be coming out every week or so. There's a glut. There's a glut, isn't there, at the moment? I guess they're all kind of getting them out there to kind of make sure they're kind of I guess approved. And um, I mean, I haven't had the Nike shoes. I haven't I haven't looked at, obviously I haven't looked at the sock any yet, but that's going to be coming soon. I have been using. The Metaspeed Sky Plus, and the I've just got the Edge Plus. I did a 10k race with it last week, and I actually did a run with it today. And uh, I, you know, it's I was a big fan of the original Sky, and it's actually been really nice to actually try the Edge, which Nick has also got as well. And and just trying to get a sense, you know, this whole cadence stride, you know, stride runners thing that Asics is really pitching with these shoes. I I've I found particularly for me in the kind of that shorter run that I preferred the edge plus I think maybe uh, but you know very much still on the fence in terms of if I had to pick one which one would I go I, st- I think I would still in my at the moment I'm still thinking I would probably side for the sky plus from a marathon point of view I don't know how you feel about it because you've done a, a fair bit of testing or a bit of testing with them both now as well yeah I found it really interesting I did a workout where I used them kind of both basically did a series of reps and swapped the shoes like I did three reps in the in the edge plus and two in the sky and it was it was really noticeable I, I am the classic cadence runner for the edge plus it should work for me and it did feel a lot more natural on my foot I will say that but the sky felt really weird for like a minute but once I basically just started adjusted very slightly into how it wanted me to run it felt a bit bouncier and maybe um yeah I'm still struggling to say which is better like the edge plus does feel more natural but then the sky plus feels great and i've got pbs in the both the first and second edition of the sky plus so yeah i think they're both really good shoes and i think for me they certainly stand out in the market as the two uh the asic shoes in general is the closest to nikes in terms of performance and a massive thing i noticed i can see now why triathlons triathletes love these shoes because i was doing like i had a two minute break between reps to change shoes and I, I don't do transition training i don't do any any cycling or say swimming really but they're so easy to get on and off it's mad whereas you know the nikes yeah. take forever yeah I, i'm glad you guys have I, i've only got the the sky plus so i'm glad you guys have got them because i think anybody who's trying to shop for these shoes it's so confusing trying to work out what the difference is between these two shoes yeah. and i've got one of them and i can't imagine what the other one would be like so very interested i might actually well, i'm going to try and steal mike's pair at some point <laughs> to uh, to give it a test all right let's let's move on from carbon plate shoes now we've mentioned those too much uh, let's go on to the low stack super shoes this is something that They've, they've been around for a while, but recently that's really picked up. And I think we've all got a few of these, but what exactly is are these low-stack super shoes? Well, they're a way to sell more shoes, is one thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've still got carbon plates. But yeah, it's this idea that, you know, there was, ever since carbon shoes came out with their 40 millimeter stack limit, when they all started bumping up against that high limit, there's been people saying things like, oh, 
you know they're not great for cornering and it's true a lot of the time they aren't great for cornering and on twisty courses on broken ground actually sometimes they can be a bit of a hindrance i guess so there's this new breed of low and by low stack we are talking generally the same stack height as the original vapor fly four percent so you know like the um the street fly is is that is like 32 millimeters 33 millimeters the takumi's around there i think the new balance super compacer is slightly lower but it's still not low enough to even use in track races so it's well over 25 millimeters so they're low stack in a way that uh five years ago these would be the ultimate marathon racing shoe (laughs) um but yeah they're interesting i i'm not sold on the idea i think i really really like the takumi sen the adidas shoe i think i think that's just a great shoe for any distance really maybe you might want something slightly more cushioned now it's available for the marathon but the others so far i've enjoyed using them and they're fun to use but i don't think they're really proven themselves to be better than the full carbon shoes so far Mm -hmm. so that's i think gonna be the problem for them it's the idea that you need another racing shoe when people have already invented mm-hmm. the ultimate racing shoe haven't they really i don't know if you guys have you've raced in uh, any of the new ones yet but i don't know how you've got, got on with them mike yeah mike, i mean got the pacer yeah, yeah i've only used the pacer personally but i think that where i found them kind of most uh, kind of nicest nicest to use it's kind of been interval and track sessions and it's kind of shorter quicker stuff but i think pretty much what nick says i think there's probably shoes that you can get that can deliver that already at a distance and probably go further than i think you can in in i think at least from the super comp pacer point of view i wouldn't want to go further than probably 10 15k in it i don't think whereas i think you can get a shoe that can work at those distances and also go longer and you know you're getting one shoe ultimately so i've enjoyed it i've enjoyed the i've definitely enjoyed the runs that i've done in them and having that kind of more kind of low kind of grounded feel of that shoe but i mean will they will it kind of stick in my rotation i'm not 100 sure i think there's probably other shoes that probably work a little bit better and a bit more versatile i would say as well yeah i i i have been enjoying the pacer but um, i've i've done some track sessions in it really enjoy it for those short sessions but i just i think people are so used to the high stack calm plate shoes that going back to something that's that's lower stack is very difficult and you really notice it over short like once you get to about three four five k you can you really think oh we just wish i had a bit more bounce and cushioning in this shoe i think they're great but i I also don't with the pacer i don't really notice the carbon plate it almost seems pointless to me that carbon plate i don't know if it's the same for you guys yeah i agree yeah what i think about them is is that it's like i think of the three that i think the street fly is the lowest performer in terms of shoe i've done a race in it and it just doesn't really live up to the same kind of performance as a carbon shoe but it's probably the closest to what would make the shoe work which is that it's considerably cheaper than a carbon shoe the street fly doesn't have a plate Mm -hmm. so in the end what you've got is very lightweight fun you know bouncy trainer that you can use for sessions and that whereas the other two the takumi that they're they're priced like you can get a carbon shoe for that especially you know given that carbon shoes are in sales these days and things like that so if you can end up with these kind of you know low stack fun very you know lightweight old stall you know weight of an old racing flat but with a bit more cushion they're great training options i think they're a lot of fun to use but you're not going to pay the same as you would for you know a reduced vapor fly that you could just use for the same purpose so i think the takumi is a brilliant shoe uh, and i think actually within adidas's range i think it might be the best racing shoe they have full stop but um when you're looking comparing it to things like the vapor fly which you can get for basically the same price it doesn't really work so maybe if we see a raft of these coming out around 100 120 quid which we won't but i'd love to say we did then they're you know, a great fast training option takumi is has been more or less my main fast training option for a lot of this year but you can't justify the price when it's not as good as a full carbon mm-hmm. shoe when you've already made the full carbon shoe well, I think we've spoken about low stack shoes enough. It's probably time for another running fact, isn't oh, it? Definitely. Log overdue. Another tenuous running fact. So apparently, the human heart creates enough pressure to squirt blood thirty feet when running. Not sure who's tested that. <laughs> Whose heart is that? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't have liked to have been part of that study. But yeah, so there you go. So that's really useful information if you're a runner and you were wondering. Always when you're running, try not to think about your scared. heart and blood too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Squirting out. Okay, more kit that we've been testing. The Speed 3. Now, we mentioned this earlier. Big, big, exciting shoe. I don't think there's a shoe that exists that we've spoken about as much as... The, well, actually, the Puma Velocity Nitro. <laughs> but uh, the Speed 2 seems to crop up in everyone's list as the best shoe out there at the moment for daily training miles. It can do pretty much anything. Yeah. Nick, you're the only one who's got the Speed 3 at the moment. Let everyone know... Is is their excitement justified? Is the speed three going to be as good or, or better than the speed two? That's nah, dreadful. It's gone. They've ruined it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, I know there's been a fair bit of talk about changes here, but they actually end up being, I think, quite minimal in use. But I think, but for some people, there'll be a very big, important change. So they've they've made the plate got slight little wings on it, and basically that means your foot's more likely to stay on the plate when you're running. It's slightly more stable. I know some people did talk about the speed uh, to one and two being slightly unstable, especially uh, around the around the heel so you've got a slightly broader base slightly winged plate a bit more room in the shoe as well it's a bit wider uh, if you have a narrow foot like me you're gonna have to pull those laces a little bit tighter to get it in place i when i tried it i thought it felt a little bit softer to me as well the foam but i put this to the Sockany product guy at the launch in paris and he went no it's the same it's the same foam um you've, you've, i've probably just used the endorphin speed 2 quite a lot and that's hardened up a bit as a result but so it's it is i think quite a similar experience to the previous shoe but with a touch more stability a touch more width which i think is exactly what they should have done with the shoe because when we talked about the shoe in videos and we all praised it i think the only real comments criticizing it were talking about the fact they find it too unstable uh, not wide enough that kind of thing so i think they've done a good job of addressing that while still making it just as good for the people who didn't have those problems like myself and i've done you know a couple of runs in it so far and i've loving it just as much as ever really and now it's in hot pink which is spot on there you go listeners <laughs> and viewers hot off the press there's uh, nick's take on the speed three me and Mike haven't tested it yet, so no. can't can't really comment on that. So let's jump onto a shoe that I can comment. On. <laughs> <laughs> the Meryl Rubato. Get annoyed because I, I haven't tested the Speed, speed Three, so I'm getting annoyed that I, I, I can't uh, ever get any comparisons with it. Um, the Brooks Glycerin Twenty. We won't spend too long on this shoe because we've got a video up on it. We've got a few videos up on the channel about the Brooks Glycerin Twenty. <laughs> As any any. Any of you will probably know I'm a massive fan of cushion shoes and the Brooks Glycerin line has been one of my favourites for a while. So it's been pretty exciting to see the Brooks Glycerin 20 come out because it's had quite a big update. It's It's got this new nitrogen-infused DNA Loft V3. V3, yeah. Uh, Mid-sulfur. Have you got it as well, Mike? I've got it, yeah. I was in the review. Oh, I forgot you had it. <laughs> oh, well, okay, perfect. This is the perfect one to talk about then. Let's start with Mike then. Mike, what do you think to the Brooks Glycerin 20? So I, I haven't run in a Glycerin for a long time, so I was quite looking forward to it. But I'm mainly looking forward to this because obviously that phone was in the Brooks Aurora shoe that we all got sent. I think all of us got it. Yeah. Mm. And I was preparing to hate that shoe because of how ridiculous <laughs> it looked. And when I went out in it, I absolutely loved it. And then obviously the idea was that that phone would make it into the shoe. So it's obviously in the Glycerin 20. So that's the main part that I was looking forward to and it was good I mean I did enjoy running it it's almost like I felt it was I wanted more of that foam in there I think that's what came what I came away from in that in my experience of running in that shoe I know I enjoyed it I think it's a strong it's a very good cushion shoe option I just hope there was a bit more of that DNA kind of loft D3 foam mm. in there to kind of make it a bit more enjoyable for me personally compared to some of the other shoes that are doing things you know innovating with their kind of foams and midsole tech as well 
Yeah, I, I think it's a tricky one with the the glycerin line because it is a it is a heavily cushioned shoe, but it's always trying to straddle this cushioning with more daily training miles. It definitely veers towards the heavily cushioned, but I think it aims to be something a little bit more. It aims to be something you can use for your daily miles and go a little bit faster in it, and which is probably something it was trying to do with the the new nitrogen infused midsole, which I do think is a bit punchier, a little bit bouncier, and a tiny bit more responsive. I, I actually think it's an improvement on the Brooks Glycerin 19 foam, and I still I still love the shoe. Uh, Nick, I, 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 we've spoke about this a few times. <laughs> what are your views on it? Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I, I think I'm not a huge user of massive cushion shoes. Like even on my easy runs, I prefer generally a daily training shoe like the velocity nitro but there are two that i really like and the stick glycerin is one and the, the invincible is the other one they're both shoes that i love pulling on i always finish a run thinking that well, i'd love to do a couple more k in these if i had the time or you know was allowed to by my coach so yeah i'm a really big fan of it i think it kind of works for lots of runners like uh, yeah most keen runners i say it's definitely a shoe for your to be your easy shoe in your rotation and i think i always i like to recommend to people who are quite new to running it's right but then they can use it for everything i think because it is a bit bouncier uh, but it's very comfortable it's more about that protection it offers but i do think the ride changed quite a lot from the aurora partly because there's a proper full outsole on the glycerin which you know because it's got to be more durable the aurora was a bit of a you know a fun shoe they could yeah, make yeah. it you know not necessarily last you know hundreds and hundreds of miles so i think it still held up quite well but for me, I, I think this is a great version of the Gishon, but I really want to see this foam in the Ghost because I think the Ghost line was meant to be a more versatile daily training shoe in Brooks's lineup, and it, mm. it's basically become very similar to the Glycerin with slightly different geometry. And I think that's the shoe that could really benefit from having a much punchier midsole. Maybe they could strip back a bit of the outsole, and you know, it might not last quite as long but i think yeah. it'll be a, a much more exciting shoe to use day to day at the moment i don't really see the point of the ghost because the glycerin is just better and it's too heavy to really mm. be versatile so it's hopefully that that's what i want to see and I, yeah and I, it'll be very interesting to see if brooks uses this foam on their top end carbon shoes i think it's probably too heavy they focus very much on weight with the dna flash foam and things like the hyperion tempo and elite but those nitrogen infused foams just don't have the bounce back of a lot of top brands carbon shoes so I still think they're waiting for that perfect foam, but the DNA Loft V3 works really well for general use. Cool. All right. I think that's enough for shoes now. <laughs> Shoe heavy that'll, first. That'll, do, <laughs> that'll, do everybody, that'll do everyone for shoes now. So let, let's let's finish off with a couple of exciting watches that we've all been testing um, over the past few weeks. Mike, you're the resident watch expert. <laughs> so we've had the Garmin 400 955 and the 400 255. How have you found these watches so far? Yeah, so I've been wearing both for the last, well, probably just, just under a month, I guess, now. And um, I think, obviously, the, the 255 is that follow-up to a series of four in the four-runner range, which has probably proved to be the most popular. And probably the one that we would probably, I think, in the team, would probably opt for if, you know, if it was our if it was our money. That's the, that's the watch we'd go for. So in the two, 255, you've still got the kind of music, non-music edition. You've got a smaller size now. Um, you've got... I think which is the biggest thing for me and I know it's the biggest thing for Nick is the multi-band uh, motorsport which we had in the Phoenix and the Epics and now it's been brought down to 255 and then that's also come on to the 955 there's slight differences in the design from the 945 to the 955 but ultimately I think it's it's mainly that multi-band support um, we're getting uh, something in terms of recovery so HRV status which is something that we're starting to see more more about in terms of just watches and kind of tech in general basically looking at trying to improve when you know monitoring your recovery when you should train trying to better inform you in terms of that information personally for me i think 
the one that has stood out for me from the two watches while I've been testing has been the 255. I think having that addition of the multiband at that price and I think also things that um, we've added, the kind of training readiness, which is something we can talk about as well. The 955 for me, I think the 945, 945, if you can get it at a good price, I still think it's a good watch. You don't have that multiband support. I think the battery life is slightly better. I don't think it's massively leaps beyond what you're, you know, in terms of what you're getting from a Phoenix 6 to a Phoenix 7 or from that point of view. But yeah, for me, the 255 is the one that impressed me most in terms of my testing and in terms of where it sits and what it brings to that price range. That's the one I think would prove to me to be a bit more exciting in terms of the launch, I think. That's interesting. I'd probably go the other way, actually, on this, which might be surprising because <laughs> 255, I think it's great. It's got multiband. I've actually not found it amazing in my testing. The multiband on the 255, the 955 has been more accurate, but it's also that it went up in price, the 255, and it's now kind of mm. 300, 350, whereas the 955 came down in price. And at 480, in the, this is all UK pounds. Sorry, we've got the dollar somewhere, I'm sure. We'll have them in the videos. Um, that is, a re- I think, an amazing saving for all the features that you get on the very best kind of Phoenix and Epix watches, which actually aren't even the cheapest like the cheapest phoenix doesn't have um multiband does it um so it does represent very interesting value <laughs> um i think really good value but i, I was into the battery i think this is going to be interesting to me when they bring training readiness and hrv to the phoenix and the epics i want to see if that battery life drops off because the 955 has been lasting me like eight days kind of max and i think it's and i'm using multiband obviously but i think garmin it started to pick up what it does at night, you know, which is always what drained Polar watches, I think, which they only last yeah. seven days because there's so much sleep stuff going on. If Garmin's going to improve there, it'd be interesting to see if they start to lose battery life on things like the Phoenix 7. So that's what I'm going to look at when they roll out that update. I'll be all over that, testing some battery life there. But yeah, I'm very, I, I'm pleased they brought a lot of stuff down. I wish training readiness had dropped down though as well. I found the training readiness just to be surprisingly yeah. good. It's actually not wearing my Aura ring anymore. I think it's good enough that I don't <laughs> want a separate device there for that information yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, this is the first time I've tried one of the uh, the nine range of watches. Uh, never never got a chance to try the 945. So I'm, re- I'm really warm to it. I've, I've had my Phoenix 6 off since I've been testing this and it's, it's done everything that I've wanted it to do and more. So I'm really enjoying the 955. And actually, as you said, Mike, 255, I'm wearing these the same time and they're both giving me the same information that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm all the time so i'm not really seeing a massive difference in the sort of general use of these watches one thing that i'm actually really enjoying is the morning report <laughs> um i think it's limited so the morning report you, you get the little welcome message in the morning saying here's your hrv update here's your yeah. training readiness and all these things i absolutely love it i'm not really finding it that useful it's just nice to have someone wake you up in the morning with a little bit of information I, see, I don't your training like, is, I would like your recovery is poor your training is poor have a good well, day also it's quite nice. well i'm marathon training at the moment properly for the first time in my life so i'm looking at it going oh yeah oh yeah that's right i'm not ready i, I can't um, use whereas it normally normally i get up every day and uh, the watches tell me that i'm completely ready to train because i've not been doing anything <laughs> So yeah, no, I'm really enjoying um, the 955 especially, I think is um, there's a lot of nice stuff in it. Not so keen on the race, what's it called? Widget. Race, race widget. The race widget where you put yeah. a race in that's happening in the future and it, it's meant to modify the training suggestions that you get. I put in Race to the Stones, which is a 100k race happening in, I think it's next weekend. Mm-hmm. I put it in a month ago. Training suggestions don't seem to be 
backing that up in any way. You can straight <laughs> along. Pretty much it's quite a harsh test. And, it? No, it's 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 like I'm I'm training for a ten k. It's just giving me like I'll go for out for a run for an hour. I think, oh, this is not going to do me yeah. for a hundred k ultra. So I don't. I, I maybe pushed it a little bit far with that. Maybe it's not really designed for people doing hundred k ultras. But you'd think it would modify it a bit and go. You know, you need to be doing higher mileage yeah i think the training um, i think i do like it though because I, I did a race with it on friday and at the end he goes oh is this this race and then it gives you like a special graphic so, you know like for the race result which i thought was quite cool but um yeah. the i think the problem with it on the watch is every time i scroll through my widgets and it says this many weeks to the berlin marathon i get like a really unnecessary shot of adrenaline i don't need like every time during the day so i might take it off there i think mm. i think also the key thing that i've noticed in my testing is a lot I, I feel like feasibly a lot of these software features could end up in the older watches and i think that's always a thing for me that people mm. might be looking at these watches and thinking oh i've missed out on this but i think out, outside of i guess the multi-band stuff i think a lot of this software stuff could be on other watches so i mean it you know that would be another reason to maybe not jump in i think straight away mm. interesting for me is after testing i actually still want to go back to my epics and i think that is because of the color screen which i didn't think that would be the case and i it would that would be something that sway me back to using that watch but because ultimately mm. you're getting the same features on the 955 but um I love that colour screen on the Epics. Yeah, I want the Epics back on. I want it with there with readiness, though. <laughs> My big fear is that the Epics yeah. will lose some battery and it will be like, you know, yeah. drop it. Um, yeah, at the moment I'm keeping the 955 on uh, just because I am enjoying the readiness thing, uh, just because I've upped the mileage and it's interesting to see, you know, try and force myself mm-hmm. to sit still and recover as much as possible. But yeah, I can't use the morning report. It's exactly the same as that HRV training app where you have to scan your finger each morning. I get woken up by a toddler and um go, halba just chill out i need to i need to check my morning report she's climbing over me she's saying oh a cow's eating your hair it's grass it's grass and it's like um there's no Al- alba's uh nick's daughter child, yeah. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so she yeah yeah she's yeah she, cow is not real it's a it's a toy cow but yeah every morning yeah, it's like yeah my hair is grass and it's like she doesn't understand heart rate variability and she has no interest in me checking it so <laughs> very strange behavior um cool all right I, we should probably move on from kit now because we've got on for quite a while about it um uh, let's move on to something a little bit more i say fun let's answer some questions Can I have a fact first tom fact, fact. No, the facts the facts coming in a bit okay. no? I, I realize everyone listening to this podcast is probably just fast forwarding to the facts but you've got to listen to the rest of it yeah. to enjoy the facts more the facts are meant to be a break in the monotony of us talking so so just enjoy it as part of the journey fair enough Okay, so in this section, we have taken some of your questions. So we get a lot of comments from you guys and quite often don't have time to answer all of them because as the channel's grown, more of you are asking questions. So in this section, we're going to answer some of the questions that you've given us, whether that's through messages on Instagram, whether that's in the comments on a YouTube video, and give it a little bit more attention. So if you do have a question, post us us a message on Instagram or um, YouTube, and we may cover it in the podcast. So... Let's start with a simple one. And these the first few are from Instagram and they're DMs. So I'm not going to mention the people who sent them in case they don't want their, <laughs> their names mentioning. They, it might be for a birthday present or something. You don't know. <laughs> so we've got Carbon Hocker Carbon X versus Adidas Adizero Adios Pro 2. Someone's about to start their London Marathon training and after something that's versatile for long runs, intervals and temples, tempo sessions. Uh. Nick. What do you think? Uh, the Pro 2 is a better shoe. If you're worried about instability, then the Carbon 
is is better it's more it's more stable shoe certainly if you're not using it for the racing just for training then maybe the carbon but the pro 2 is a, is a better super shoe more explosive faster fun bouncier uh, but yeah a little bit unstable with that big midsole cutout so if you're very worried about that maybe pick up the hocker okay mike you can tackle this one <laughs> hi guys fr255 or polar pacer pro which one to buy okay i'll keep this pretty brief i mean they're pretty similar in terms of features you get i think the key things to differentiate the, these two watches i think you're getting more smartwatch features on the forerunner 245 in comparison to the polo you've got some there but i don't think they're well as well executed um you've got that multi-band um support which does what should in theory improve accuracy i think the main thing for me is you can import routes on both of them but on the polo you have to do it through commutes Whereas with Garmin, I think it's a bit more straightforward in terms of that, um, kind of importing those routes into it. So those would be the key things that I think. They're very good watches. I think they've, I could see why you would want to compare them. I would probably side with the 255, but I think the Polar Pace Pro is a very good watch, you know, in terms of pure running features as well. Uh, so I've got one here. I'll, ta- I'll, I'll give this one a go, but you can delve in. <laughs> so there's uh, Chap who's uh, messages on Instagram. He is asking for suggestions for older runners. So runners that are in their 50s. Uh, he's saying he's running 530 kilometers half marathon and looking to go full marathon distance soon uh, he's asking if shoes like the endorphin speed or the hocker mac 4 are suitable for that pace or would you recommend something different he also says uh, do you recommend a softer sh- more cushioned shoes for older runners trying to hit weekly miles so i, I would say with this one that I mean, it's entirely dependent upon the individual. Like the the, the, the Hocker Mac Four and the Endorphin Speed, it depends on how you run and stuff. Those shoes might not work for you if you're a type of runner that does want loads of cushioning, because they they there's shoes that have way more cushioning than than those options. But I would probably say that if I was running at that pace and I wasn't going for you know really fast PBs and stuff, I probably wouldn't go for those shoes, mm. especially at marathon distance. I'd probably go for something a little bit more cushioned, a little bit more comfortable over those miles that it just sort of covers you for that impact and just just is a little bit more secure and 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 comfortable for those runs what do you guys think yeah probably the same i'd probably i would look at uh, cushion shoe first i'd something like the glycerin or that that new balance one you love tom Mm -hmm. the more more v3 yeah yeah yeah. something maybe with a nice rocker or a nice new foam in it just so you know you can roll through the pace a bit quite easily as well but that's probably where i'd start and then if i was feeling that it was too much cushioning then you could look at the the lighter more stripped back things yeah, they're definitely the Mac Four and, and and the Mac Five that's that's just about to come out, uh, and the Speed. They're definitely shoes that they you get the most benefits out of them if you're really going all out. You're like you're, you're trying to get those speed benefits if you're tempo training at a higher pace, or I mean, if, people use the Speed, the Speed Two for racing because it's you know that that, that plate in it and the, the the foam really is beneficial for running fast. So probably not going to get the benefits out of those shoes that you would get. You you probably want the comfort side of it. Mm. I definitely go for that. Okay, so right, sorry guys, it's it's running yes. fast time. This is quite an interesting one actually. It's quite a bit more in depth. The world record for running a half marathon backwards is one hour forty minutes, and that's by uh, German Akim Aretz. Uh, he set the world record for that uh, for the fastest half marathon in two thousand and nine in Essen, but it doesn't stop there. <laughs> Marcus Jürgen, another German athlete, holds the marathon world record for, for well for the marathon. Uh, with a three three eight two seven marathon in two thousand nineteen in Hanover, so uh, 
not bad. <laughs> Luckily, I'm I'm just pretty pleased that I my times for running normally are better than that. <laughs> Why is it all Germans? What, what Germans are they doing like over there? Running? I think it seems like a big deal. I'm, uh, maybe they've just got got it wrong. Doping. Maybe just, just doping. Just haven't got the memo. <laughs> yeah, uh, another one of those next podcast. That's the last uh, fact today. So, uh, yeah, if you do have any interesting running facts, please let us know. Yeah. I might I might add them. We're going to run out of them so on Google soon. Have. So. <laughs> honestly i went through about 200 and some of them were just nonsense they weren't even facts okay a bit of advice for a chap called philip dooley who's commented on youtube he is uh 100 kilograms six foot two so uh, he's looking for an everyday shoe that could also do a marathon any good suggestions from you guys um nice cushy something like yeah probably glycerin triumph one of the asics cumulus nimbus just yeah, yeah. he's into that kind of thing because if you yeah, if you weigh a bit more, you might put a bit more impact on the legs. That'd probably be my first maybe thought. The rides, maybe the rides as well. Maybe rides. Yeah, I'd probably it's say they're not ride fifteens, fourteens. Probably not cushioned enough. Mm. I'd say. Mm. Um, I like a cushioned shoe, and they just don't do it for me. <laughs> Tommy's a lot of cushion. Um, but it, it would be, it would be, it would be on the list. I would say something like, I mean, the Fresh Air Ten Eighty V Ten and Eleven and Twelve to an extent. Uh, although I think that's a little bit softer i think you need something a bit firmer mm. i think they're a good option just as an all-round shoe they're not, they're, it's not the best shoe for anything but ticks a lot of boxes and it's got plenty of cushioning in so and i know a lot of people who run marathons in that shoe just because it's you know you do your trade buy one shoe do your training in it do the marathon in it yeah everyone's happy i'd probably say something like the glycerin is a little bit more of an acquired taste it just might have a bit too much cushioning if you're running a marathon in it i i probably would never run a marathon in it but it would be a comfy ride. You would do a marathon at the end. You go, that was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, and don't text something a bit yeah. cheaper. Never discount the Pegasus. The new version is pretty mm. good, cushioned. Yeah, yeah does a bit of everything. Option, yeah, and P- Puma Velocity Nitro. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was wondering if that might be a bit too soft. But yeah, that's another great shoe. <laughs> cool. All right then, Belisarius. Mm. He says, uh, would you pick the Nike Invincible Two or the Nova Blast Two for easy days? Nike Invincible Two. Invincible Two. <laughs> Done. <laughs> okay, uh, this is a good one. Raymond Hernandez says, "Why y'all British?" That's an easy one. That's a really easy one. I'm half Polish, Raymond. We're all British. I'm, I'm actually furious. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't notice that, but yeah. Uh. I refuse to answer yeah. that question. <laughs> there we go. So, so sorry, Raymond. You're not getting a, a good answer on that one. Pierre says, uh, "If money wasn't an issue, would you use the Alphafly ones or the Vaporfly twos for low rungs at marathon pace and speed sessions in your marathon training?" Uh, just, with the Alfly 2s as your race station yeah. basically asking what would you use as your training time <laughs> that's a key caveat I think if you're using the Alfly 2 uh, for your race day then I'd use the Alfly if, if money's no object like he says I'd use the Alfly 1 for the training just to get used to mm. the feel of the shoe if you're, just, if you're just picking between the Alfly 1 and the Vaporfly 2 then yeah use the Alfly okay cool and then uh, any suggestions on what you would pair with the Alfly 2 as a training shoe <laughs> uh, I think we've answered that uh, but any, anything else you'd pair with maybe the um, this is David Edelstein from YouTube uh, he's saying would, you mentioned that you wouldn't pair the Sky Plus with it yeah um, um, I think it's an interesting one the Alfly because uh, like I said there isn't Nike don't make an amazing training partner shoe the, the Tempo which I don't I wouldn't pair I like that shoe okay but I wouldn't use it as my main shoe I train for a marathon very happily using the Speed two as my training partner of the alpha flight it's a very different feel but to be honest there isn't like i say a shoe that really feels exactly like the alpha fly so without spending the money on another alpha fly i would just pick the best training partner shoe which for me would be the endorphin speed and just use that and try and use the alpha fly a couple of times to get used to it in your training as well 
Cool. All right. And uh, finally, TJ James. I'll answer this one because I, I don't think you guys have used the Rincon, have you? I've only used the original. No. Okay. So TJ James, uh, he's asking Mac 4 or Rincon, which should I buy? Well, depends how much you want to spend. <laughs> if you if if you've got plenty of money, go for the Mac Mac Four. But the Rincon, I do think the Rincon is a great shoe. You can get uh, the Rincon Three, I think, not the most recent one, the one before it. It's considerably cheaper. You could probably pick that up for you know, well under a hundred pounds. And I think it's a great shoe for that. Both have uh, probably issues around, or I've heard issues around durability for some users. But the Mac Four is a far superior shoe for everything. Really, <laughs> not as cushioned. Not as comfortable, but it's just a better shoe. So yeah, Mac 4 if you've got the money. Cool. Okay, so guys, that always brings us to the end of the podcast. What have we got coming up over July that people need to know about on the channel? What videos are we going to be covering? So many more carbon shoes. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> Endless, the end of street. This should be the last. Will we get to a couple of big running shoe guys, I think, Tom, right? We need to tick off a few for the summer. People are getting excited about marathons, so they're, they're desperate, in desperate need of some big guides. Yeah, makes sense. We've got the Polar Pacer. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, Mike, I'm testing. You're covering this one. Yeah, I'm testing away on that. I mean, there's a lot of watches in at the moment, but I think you know some of those cheaper ones. I think uh, are almost as compelling as some of the more expensive ones that have come out um, the last few months. So I'm actually looking forward to spending a bit more time testing that. Um, and there's some other watches that will be out on the way. I think in the next few months as well. If uh, if, any, if anyone knows, uh, well, they won't know, but. Mike gets a lot of watches, and I am not. <laughs> I am not envious of him. Uh, I, maybe when he gets the first couple that I want to try, I think, "Oh, I'd no. love to try those watches." But he gets too many. A thousand I how, nearly identical if you could watches. See, if you could see what I cleared off my table to do this podcast, you, you'd be disgusted. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I, I struggle to like test two watches in a month, so I don't know how you're doing it. Yeah. But there's another video that you're doing, which is very vests, close to your heart. Very Mike. close to my heart. Vests up there with short shorts. Uh, vests. Uh, we will be yeah, giving the less you... clothes, the better. <laughs> yeah. So we will be um, putting together our kind of top kind of best for kind of what we're using for training at the moment in these kind of hotter conditions also what we're racing as well um yeah so that that's a video we'll be having up on the channel this well next month nice. cool and we'll also be looking at the endorphin pro 3 which i believe we should be pick get we should some of us should be getting it relatively soon so this that's going to be an interesting test yes well you well you are yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah th- we will be having plenty of videos on the pro 3 because it's by all accounts it's going to be a very interesting update to its predecessor so just to finish off if you want to if you're listening to the podcast or watching the video uh, and you want to contact us about anything like you've got questions for the next podcast then you can email us at team at the runtesters.com if you're on the YouTube channel you don't need to know the channel but if you're on the podcast uh, it's uh, YouTube forward slash the runtesters and we're on Instagram at the runtesters so apart from that I think that's covers everything uh, oh, and if you want to find out how Kieran's getting on over in Danube, you can check him out at Man V Miles and see where he's got to on his light jog across Europe. <laughs> he's walking. Uh, he's walking so, some bits. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So thanks a lot for listening to the first ever Run Testers podcast. And I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back next month with an update to everything we've been up to and um, everything going on in the world of running. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.